name of Jesus. Amen. Please be seated. The season of Advent, where we find ourselves, reflects on the coming of the Lord and our great need for Him as our Savior. Like the season of Lent, Advent is a somber season of repentance as we consider our sin and all that goes with our sin. We consider all that He has saved us from. If not for our bondage to sin and death, we wouldn't need Jesus in the manger or on the cross. So we consider that we are bad and He is good, that we have death, yet He is our life. We have sin, He is our source of forgiveness. We despair, and He is our great hope. In all this, Advent has us mindful of our bondage to darkness and sin. But on the third Sunday in Advent, a new theme breaks in, joy. So we light the the pink candle, or properly called the rose candle on our Advent wreath. As the Advent wreath has been counting down the Sundays to Christmas, we've been lighting the the blue candles, or some, uh, some traditions follow the purple candles. But on the third Sunday in Advent, you light the rose candle. Now the rose, the pink, so the big difference between pink and rose is that they are spelled differently. (laughs) But the rose candle is meant to symbolize the joy that the Lord brings us in the midst of our sorrow. Even though we often face darkness, death, and despair in this world, our Lord Jesus gives us joy. As our introit put it from Philippians, rejoice in the Lord always. It's easy to rejoice at birthdays and weddings, but always includes those times when it might not be so easy to rejoice. So always includes the hospital room when the diagnosis comes. Always includes your time of loneliness and despair, and always includes your deathbed and the deathbed of your loved ones. Rejoice always. Always includes times of suffering. And that's a problem for our sinful flesh. As we look at our trials, we say, I don't see a cause to rejoice in this. Well, we have a lot in common with John the Baptist as he sat in prison in today's Gospel reading. He was in prison for being a faithful preacher, and we know that he would soon be beheaded. In last Sunday's Gospel lesson, John had been a confident and powerful preacher of repentance. Repent. The axe is at the root of the tree, he said. But not so much now. Things don't seem to be going that way, the way that John thought. He seemed to have, he seemed to have had an expectation of Jesus as a savior according to power and great strength. So now he's sitting in prison with a lot of time to think. And the devil uses that time to make him anxious 
and to have him doubting. And we know how this goes, don't we? The more time you have to think about something, the more anxious you get. So John started to wonder, is Jesus the one or should we look for another? Is he the Messiah or not? If he's the savior of the world, why isn't he saving me now? He saved people from prisons of sickness and death. Why not get me out of this prison? In his suffering, John likely began to question God's power and his love for John. Aren't we often tempted to do the same thing in our times of trial? We doubt God's love for us when things are not going the way that we want. And when we are no longer in control, we despair. Prison is a picture of not being in control. It's a picture of despair. And in that way, we find ourselves in prisons all the time. We realize our lack of control when marriages and relationships fail. Disease eats away at us when our children suffer or wander, when society crumbles or general trials come, when guilt haunts you for past sins and shame clouds your life. What are some of your prisons? Those trials in which you are helpless, they cause you to doubt God's love for you. We're in more prisons than we'd care to admit. And in our trials, we just want to know why. Why, God? Why not get me out now, Jesus? If you are the all-powerful and all-loving, and you love me, then why the cancer? Why the Parkinson's? Why the job loss? Why the marriage failure? Why no marriage at all when I wanted it? Why did my child wander off? Why did my child die in the womb? The devil loves speculation like that, since it usually leads us to doubt the Lord's love for us. The devil has us speculating things like, maybe God doesn't love you. Maybe he's mad at you. Or maybe there's no God at all. Speculation about God's action or inaction, apart from his sure word and promise, only brings us fear and doubt. Rather than speculation, we learn from John the Baptist what to do when doubt and anxiety start to creep in. John doesn't speculate, but he asks for a word from Jesus. Jesus, are you the one to come, or should we look for another? And Jesus replied to John, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight and the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them. There Jesus was basically quoting our Old Testament lesson from today. They gave a picture of what the coming Messiah would be like. And Jesus was fulfilling that. 
Go back to John's prison, said Jesus, and tell him that I am the Savior. Into John's prison, Jesus sent the gospel. I save from sin, from despair, from the darkness of this world, not by zapping it away, but by dying for it on the cross. I save in my way, not yours. It's not that he breaks John or us out of prison when or how we prefer, but Jesus breaks in. He breaks in with his word. I am the Lord. Don't be anxious. I am with you. I will save in the way that is best for you, even from death itself. He was born in the manger so that he could walk around in our world and experience our prisons and die for them. There are many prisons that we face in this life that cause us despair or doubt of God's love for us. But our speculation only leads to doubt. Instead, we find our joy in the promise of our Lord's coming into our prison to be here with us. Yes, he allows suffering among us, sometimes to strengthen us, sometimes to call us to himself. Either way, he is with you in your prisons, and he has overcome them for you. And there you find joy. Our eyes of flesh look at our lives and try to speculate about God's love. But faith doesn't look at your life for evidence of God's love. But like John, it listens to the voice of Jesus. Joy for us in the midst of our prisons is not found by looking at our life and searching for evidence of his love. But joy is found only in hearing his promises. That's our joy on this Rose Candle Sunday, as it was for John, that our Lord breaks into our prisons with his promises of all sins forgiven, shame removed, death destroyed, and devil overcome. He is your Emmanuel. He promises to dwell with you, to work out all things toward your good. And nothing, not even death, and tear you away from him. In Jesus' name. Amen. We stand for prayer.